Welcome to the Live a Vibrant Life podcast. I'm Life Coach Kelly Tibbetts, and each week I'll be here to encourage and equip you with the tools that you need to grow in self-awareness and invest your best energy in your dreams and your purpose. I believe self-awareness changes everything. Let's get started. Well, welcome back to our three-part series on the Enneagram. I hope that during the holiday season, some of these tools will help you understand yourself better. You'll understand why you think, feel, and do life the way you do, and at the same time, help you create those small practice steps that allow you to stay in a state of a healthy, vibrant life. And I hope that it gives you a little bit of grace and understanding that other people simply don't always think, feel, and do life the way you do. Nothing's gone wrong. The serenity prayer teaches us this. It says, help me accept the things I cannot change. And I cannot change anyone else's thoughts, feelings, or actions. That is their agency and authority as a human to think, feel, and do anything they want. But I need to have the courage to decide what I want to think, what I want to feel, what I want to do, and what I don't want to do. And that's where boundaries are really, really important. What do you want in your life? Think of boundaries like a fence around your heart and your soul. So you can 100% say, I'm not going to continue this conversation. I'm going to leave this space. What we can't do is say to somebody, I need you to stop talking or talking about this particular subject. And I know between the elections and the holiday season, lots of energy will probably be out there. And so I hope that this series can really help you understand yourself a little bit better and again, give you grace for the people around you. So last week, we talked about the fact that there are three centers of intelligence and all humans think, feel, and do life. But one of those three centers is our primary way of processing information. And so growing in self-awareness allows us to notice, am I processing life's information through my body somatically, like an eight, nine, or one? Am I noticing the feelings of myself and others, like a two, three, and four? Or do I primarily process life in my thinking center, like a five, six, and seven? Now, one of the reasons the Enneagram is not simple enough to take just a little Instagram quiz is because there's not nine paths of thinking, feeling, and doing life. At the minimum, there's 27 paths, because today I'm going to talk about what I think is one of the key pieces of information that the Enneagram gives us, and that is what instinct is driving your behavior. One thing I noticed, both as a mom of adult children, someone who's been married for several decades, and someone who's led leaders in many areas of nonprofit work, is when you and another person share an instinct, the relationship is easier. And when the instinct that is repressed in you is different than the instinct that the other person has, that makes relationships a little bit harder. So if you want to take notes, you can um, just write down these three words, self-preservation, social, and one-to-one or sexual. And those are the three instincts we'll be talking about today. You can also go over to my website, kellytibbetts.com slash Y, W-H-Y, and I'm going to put all my Enneagram resources there as well. So if the Enneagram one has the possibility of three instincts and all nine Enneagram numbers each have three different variables. That's where we get the 27 ways of thinking, feeling, and doing life. So as I describe these to you, you might notice right away one that is not you. That's usually the easiest thing to notice. When I began to do my Enneagram work, I didn't think I was a five, six, or seven because even though I'm very, very smart, I read very quickly, I process information quickly, I don't primarily use my thinking center to process information. So I knew that one was a no. And so that's a really good piece of self-awareness. Which one doesn't feel like it aligns? So as I describe these three instincts, 
if you are in a healthy place, you might notice your ability to access two of these instincts. When I began to really dig into this and got certified in the Enneagram was at the beginning of COVID. And what I noticed for most people, including the five people who were living in my home, is that we had lost access to that second instinct. We had really just become so emotionally, mentally, physically overwhelmed. We were leaning into our one true instinct. And that made relationships a little bit harder. Now, we were lucky that we had this information. We were able to notice when people needed what we call depression hours, and we just gave them space to process their feelings because there was so much loss then. My girls were in college or had apartments and everyone had to move back home. And so whatever season you're going through right now, you might simply be able to notice, okay, that's not my instinct. But boy, I think it's that person in my family that I always find so challenging when we're together for the holidays. That's a really great piece of self-awareness for you to have. So the first instinct is self-preservation. And this is the instinct where your energy is directed to preserving you and yours. And so if you have small children, they would be where your energy went. If you're taking care of an elderly person or someone who's not feeling well, you might also be taking care of them in that circle that you consider you. And so how will you know if your self-preservation instinct is what's driving your behavior? Well, you usually have enough resources for survival. So to go back to those first days of COVID, I had always been a couponer, but I took a lot of my energy to make sure that we had enough food. I knew where everything was. We had all the supplies we needed. You tend to want to have physical safety. Make sure that you have enough money. Make sure that your house has the pellets that it needs for winter. Make sure that you have warm clothing. And you're noticing things like, what's the temperature? What are my physical surroundings like? My home tends to have a lot of blankets, a lot of pillows. Make sure that people are comfortable. Um, you tend to be seen by other people as grounded, practical, and serious. So does that feel true for you? And each number mixed with this instinct is going to look a little different. It's kind of like taking a box of 64 crayons. Um, there's many shades of green. And so the self-preservation seven probably looks very different from a self-preservation Enneagram five. So just notice today, does that feel possible for you? Do you live your life primarily through the self-preservation instinct? And if you don't, can you think of anyone who may? That might give you some grace for that relationship. The next instinct is what we call the social instinct, and that is taking your eyes off of you and into the y'all. So whatever your social community is, um, it could be a church group, it could be Boy Scouts, it could be a soccer team, it could be an extended family. But you're going to focus your attention on the herd, on the group, and you're aware of your power and your standing and how other people's actions affect you. And so connection is very highly important to you. You want to be connecting with people and you're focused on how you can have a positive impact on the world, specifically through this group that you have a social connection to. People might say of you, oh, you're so warm, you're so open, you're so engaging. So this is my second instinct. And as long as I'm safe, it's very easy for me to be social with my energy. But what happened during COVID is I shrunk right back to my self-preservation instinct. And I lost a lot of the access that I've normally had to a role where social instinct was sort of the, you know, way that I connected to people. And I lost my ability to do that. And so I was very, very much in my self-preservation instinct and honestly looked different to the people that I worked with because I was really not able to access that social instinct because that's what happens when we're in times of high stress, whether you're physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually depleted, you don't always have access to that second instinct. 
And really, the work that we're all doing is to be able to be balanced. Last week, we talked about thinking center, feeling center, and our somatic body center. As humans, we do have access to all three, but it takes a lot of work. Might take some therapy, might take some doctors working with us, right? Especially if we're like very physically sick. Same thing with these three instincts. You have access to all three as a human. There's one that's natural and easy, one that you can access when you're healthy, and one that's going to take some work in order to create that balance. And it may never be 100% equal and nothing's gone wrong. But a gift you can give yourself and others is just to have the grace to understand all people think, feel, and do life differently. So the last instinct is the sexual instinct. It's the one where there's a one-to-one connection. Now, this is not about having a one-to-one relationship. It's a desire for intimacy and intensity. So depending on where you are in the Enneagram, this is going to look different. An Enneagram 5, who is more in the withdrawn energy, will look very different than an Enneagram 8, even if they both have this one-to-one drive for intensity and intimacy. Um, Two of my daughters have this as their primary instinct, and they would tell you they can walk into a room and notice the chemistry of people who have this one-to-one instinct and people who don't have it. Um, They tend to want to have relationships where there's just more intense stimulation. So can you imagine not understanding this and having two people, maybe a brother and a sister, who one person wants self-preservation, right? They want to be taking care of their family, and one wants intimacy and intensity. And so one person's trying to like buy a motorcycle and the other one's trying to keep everybody safe, that relationship could be a little uncomfortable if people didn't understand and had some kind of expectation that because they grew up in the same family, they were going to think, feel, and do life the same way. And so if people are describing you and you have this one-to-one intensity, they might describe you as more assertive or aggressive, more competitive, more emotionally charged. And if you don't have opportunities for this intimacy, this deeper connection for intensity, it can feel very frustrating. And so if you are in some kind of dating relationship and one of you is in the self-preservation energy, you might not need this deep connection and the other partner might need it. And so the relationship could feel very frustrating to one partner and not as frustrating to the other. So again, if you want to grow a little bit deeper in your understanding of why you think, feel, and do life the way you do, that's why I host a coaching circle. Every week on Wednesdays, we come together and hold space for 30 minutes to just look at our own lives, to notice these details, to grow deeper in our understanding. And then all the material that I've created over these last three years, I've recorded into an online library that has videos and podcasts and workbooks. But for today, one small step to take forward is what are you noticing about yourself? Do you tend to want to keep things warm and safe and dry? Perhaps you are that self-preservation instinct. If you are always noticing the group around you and what they need, maybe you have a social instinct. And if you're looking for those intense, intimate connections with people, perhaps you have the one-to-one instinct driving your behavior. And the very best gift we can give ourselves is not to judge ourselves that this one is good and that one is bad. It is who we are. We all had to develop a personality to survive on this planet. But in my opinion, the very best path forward to being an emotionally healthy human is to start from a place where you know to the core of who you are, you are 100% valuable, 
100% loved. One of my favorite pastors says it like this. She says, I am God's favorite, and so is everyone else. I think the world could be full of love if we could own the fact that we are 100% valuable, 100% loved, and from that love, go out and love others. I'll be back next week to go another layer deeper in this work of self-understanding and self-awareness. I hope you have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining the Live a Vibrant Life podcast. I hope our time together encouraged you and equipped you with some tools to move towards your vibrant life. To learn more or join my coaching community, you can visit my website at kellytibbets.com or follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I look forward to connecting soon.